Steve Lackner here, The Sound of Sanity in an Insane World, coming to talk to you about the 2020 disputed election, the state of play at the Supreme Court this week. That involves the Pennsylvania case that the Supreme Court refused to take up and the possibility that they may take the case of the state of Texas versus the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, state of Georgia, state of Michigan, and state of Wisconsin. Let us start with the Pennsylvania case. The Pennsylvania case was not about Pennsylvania voter fraud. Let me explain this to you. The Pennsylvania case was about Act 77. The Republican legislature, late last year, revised their election law. And they did this in a way that violated the Pennsylvania Constitution. Not the United States Constitution. So, for example, according to the Pennsylvania Constitution, Act 77 should have been subject to a popular vote as to whether the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania approve of these election changes. That didn't happen. It went all the way to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. The lower court judge at the state level said that this has substance on the merits. Pennsylvania law, the Pennsylvania Constitution is pretty clear, and it wasn't followed. When it got to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, a Supreme Court that has not been a particularly good actor, that has a majority of elected Democrats, rejected, dismissed the claims under a doctrine called latches. But that basically is a fancy way of saying that it's too late. The issue has passed. We've already held the election. And there are reasons that the Supreme Court could have taken the case. However, given that it was an issue of state law, resolved by a state constitution, decided upon by a state Supreme Court, as within their constitution, it was a less clean case for the Supreme Court. And so the Supreme Court rejected that case. Enters Ken Paxton, the great attorney general from the great republic, oh, I should say state, of Texas. And he filed a lawsuit that the Supreme Court has not yet decided whether they will take. Let's listen to Attorney General Paxton today about this important filing. It's really important to my state that my voters be represented. And if other states don't follow the Constitution, and if their state legislature isn't responsible for overseeing their elections, and we have other people who are not under the Constitution, under the Constitution supposed to be doing this, it affects my state. And so our job is to make sure that the Constitution's followed and that every vote counts. And in this case, I'm not sure that every vote was counted, not in the right way. Let's... So let me explain this. Let me make this clear. The state of Texas is suing four states. What does that mean? That means pursuant to Article 3 of the United States Constitution, Article 3, Section 2, which lays out the judicial power 
It states that in all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls, and those in which a state shall be a party. And the prior paragraph states controversies between two or more states. The Supreme Court shall have original jurisdiction. In all other cases before mentioned, the Supreme Court shall have appellate jurisdiction. Appellate jurisdiction is the typical process in which you go through the lower courts and then the Supreme Court, as a decider of law, typically decides whether they want to review the lower court's rulings and findings. Appellate on courts of appeal. Original jurisdiction means that the first court to hear the case, and that means they could be finders of fact, that means they can review every issue, in potential could be the Supreme Court because the United States Constitution gives them that power when a state sues another state or when several states are party to a lawsuit against each other. Now, things that involve original jurisdiction don't happen very often, and they happen to be very mundane or boring. Let's say the state of California suing the state of Nevada over water rights issues or over uh, the use of the Hoover Dam and some utilities dispute. Not the most sexy stuff. But Paxton's move is genius because he's using the constitutional jurisdiction, the legal ability to hear a case that involves one state suing another to say, SCOTUS, this is your issue, not a Pennsylvania issue. Not an issue of Pennsylvania Supreme Court, but an issue that you have original jurisdiction because we, the state of Texas, are suing the state of Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. And what you are finding now is that before the Supreme Court has even made a formal decision to hear or decide the case... The media, to the extent that they will report it at all, says there's absolute legal consensus that this is baseless and reckless and frivolous. And this is a whole uh, list of adjectives. And Paxton is a this, that, or the other. But Alan Dershowitz, one of the top legal minds and constitutional minds in the United States alive today, who isn't as hyper-partisan as many others who are in the tank, had this to say this morning when he was commenting about the Texas case. The interesting thing that's going on now is this case of original jurisdiction in the Supreme Court. The the Constitution permits a state to sue another state in the Supreme Court as a court of an original jurisdiction. That means it's like a trial court. It it rarely happens and it almost never succeeds, but it's a very creative approach. There is a a lawyer and a law professor, a very distinguished lawyer named Nathan Lewin in Washington, who's made a study of this and he actually wrote about how the appropriate approach to this election would be to have one state like Texas bring a lawsuit against other states saying the people of Texas have been deprived their rights by the miscounting of votes or whatever in other states. It's it's a stretch and it's nothing that's ever been tried before. It's creative and that Lewin, Nathan Lewin is a great lawyer and he advocates uh, this and so it, uh, it, it probably will be taken seriously by the Supreme Court. Will it result in an undoing of the election? Uh, almost certainly not. Uh, will the Supreme Court take the case? 
Who knows? They've yeah. never had it like this presented before. This is all novel cases of first impression, A plus for creativity, but whether or not it will work in the end um, is very doubtful. Well, that, that, that's interesting. So I want you to hear what Alan Dershowitz said. First of all, he said one of the great legal minds in this country, Nate Lewin, thinks that this is the proper venue, this is the proper form, and the proper method. He does not say that it is baseless. He says it's very creative. He says that it has a basis. Whether it succeeds or not, he's doubtful. Because it's a case to first impression, and that it would overturn the election, as it were, or that the Supreme Court would take drastic measures is something he feels less likely. But what is the state of Texas claiming? Well, they're claiming the following. This is the gist of their complaint. And this you could read for yourself, but in the summary of their motion to file a bill of complaint, which is what a case of original jurisdiction is called, it says, as set forth in the accompanying brief and complaint, the 2020 election suffered from significant and unconstitutional irregularities in the defendant states. Then it goes on to list three that they go into great detail in the complaint about one non-legislative actors purported amendments to states duly enacted election laws in violation of the electors clause vesting state legislatures with plenary authority regarding the appointment of presidential electors. Let me explain that. Article 2 Section 1 Clause 2 of the United States Constitution says each state shall appoint in manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole as the legislature may direct and these states either had supreme courts or governors or secretary of states violating the legislature's written law or modifying it illegally because the supreme law of the land that is the constitution of the United States says as the legislature directs not the governor not the secretary of state not the supreme court of a state the legislature and this is a clean very clean case. Then they go on to hook it to the 14th Amendment. Two, interstate differences in the treatment of voters with more favorable allotted to voters, whether lawful or unlawful, in areas administered by local government under Democrat control and with populations with higher ratios of Democrat voters than other areas of defendant states. And three, the appearance of voting irregularities in the defendant states that would be consistent with the unconstitutional relaxation of ballot integrity protections in those state election laws. But then they reiterate all these flaws, even the violation of state election law. That's it. Just take that one issue. It's clean violate one or more federal requirements for elections, i.e. equal protection, due process, and the electors clause. That is, the 14th Amendment of the United States, which versus Bush v. Gore, means that there has to be some level of consistency in how things are counted, and there certainly can't be fraud. And yes, those consistencies have to be within a state. That was what Bush v. Gore was about, essentially. You can't have one county in Florida saying a hanging chad counts and another saying a hanging chad doesn't count and another county saying a dimple chad doesn't count but another saying a dimple chad does count. Bush v. Gore essentially said that violated equal protection in the 14th Amendment 
There's also due process in the 14th Amendment. States need to provide due process. But even simply that these states were not following the Constitution, and we, the state of Texas, did. We followed what our legislature set up as the rules. We didn't get the Texas Supreme Court involved. We didn't get the Texas governor involved. We didn't get the Texas Secretary of State involved making deals with other members of the opposing party. No, we didn't do any of these shenanigans that violate the law, the supreme law, the basic law of the United States. They begin their complaint by stating our country stands at an important crossroads. Either the Constitution matters and must be followed, even when some officials consider it inconvenient or out of date, or it simply is a piece of parchment on display at the National Archives. We ask the court to choose the former. Lawful elections are at the heart of our constitutional democracy. The public and indeed the candidates themselves have a compelling interest in ensuring the selection of a president. Any president is legitimate. If that trust is lost, the American experiment will founder. A dark cloud hangs over the 2020 presidential election. They go on to say that there were statutory revisions through executive fiat or friendly lawsuits, weakening ballot integrity. Now, here's the thing. They're not asking as a remedy for the Supreme Court to throw out the votes of Michigan or Pennsylvania or Wisconsin or Georgia. What they are currently asking for is for the Supreme Court to, one, declare, given what's going on, that the December 14th date need not be adhered to at this point as a temporary measure, because that is written into statute, not into the Constitution. That is written into statute, and now the Supreme Court, in theory, would be taking up a larger constitutional question. And then two, two, in conclusion, on the very last page of the complaint, The court should first administratively stay or temporarily restrain the defendant states from voting in the Electoral College until further order of this court, and then issue a preliminary injunction or stay against their doing so until the conclusion of this case on the merits. Alternatively, and this is the big one, the court should reach the merits, vacate the defendant state elector certifications from the unconstitutional 2020 election results, and what? What? Remand to the defendant state's legislatures pursuant to 3 U.S. Code Section 2 to appoint electors. So we are not asking you to decide this election. We are asking you to remand it to the state legislatures to force them to decide this election. So the gutless legislatures, Republican legislatures in Michigan, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, and in Wisconsin, who didn't have the cashews to take any real action except for holding some hearings, remand it back to them and say, appoint electors, however way you want, Biden or Trump. Or if you don't appoint electors, your electors do not count. But we are remanding it to you to do pursuant to the United States Constitution. 
I would not necessarily say that because they did not accept a Pennsylvania case that was rooted in Pennsylvania court that was decided by a Pennsylvania Supreme Court that had to do with the Pennsylvania Constitution that wasn't as clean an issue that they will reject this one. They may. Alan Dershowitz may be right. They may. But they have original jurisdiction. They have the issue and of, of the elector's clause, the equal protection clause, and the due process clause as hooks to give them original jurisdiction. They have the argument that Texas and a number of states, a number of states have since joined in the Texas lawsuit. So it's not Texas standing alone as of this podcast. Other brave attorney generals and states have stood together with Texas, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and South Dakota thus far have joined Texas's SCOTUS case over the election. So it's a number of case uh, states who are joining against at least four at this point. There's original jurisdiction. So Supreme Court, we get that you punted some other issues. But this one... We're running out of time. We're running out of runway. We're burning daylight. We're throwing it right to you using completely constitutional mechanisms. And we are giving you clean issues, very simple, clean issues, direct text to the Constitution that has been violated, thus diluting the vote of states where we followed the Constitution. To give states that violated the Constitution the same right to have their illegal ballots counted as states that didn't is to dilute the vote in the states that didn't. It's an ingenious move. Whether it's novel or first impression doesn't matter. It's ingenious. It's got multiple states. And the good news is for now, the Supreme Court has ordered that on Thursday, the defendant states provide responses. Now, they may reject it afterwards on Thursday or Friday. But if they don't, and if four members of the Supreme Court say, we like the way this is presented, we like the issue being presented as original jurisdiction, we like the cleanness and the clarity of the issues as you presented it, and this week ends with the Supreme Court merely deciding that they will accept this as a case under their consideration. Watch the freakout that will commence from the left, from the media, from the legal experts on CNN and the alphabet soup media trying to intimidate the outcome of the court. So this can potentially be a week in which maybe a last gasp for election integrity is taken or a week that is huge in determining the outcome of the next four years. Three cheers, hurrah, for Attorney General Ken Paxton, for the states that have joined him, and for the United States Constitution for giving these states the ability to bring this suit in the Supreme Court. Let's hope that enough justices have the kishkas, the cashews, the balls to take this case and rule on the merits. Don't punt, John Roberts. Don't punt. 
other members of the Supreme Court. Now it's time to do your duty, take the issue, take the case, and resolve it for the United States of America.